You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I am Demet Chanakçı, Program Director at Toronto Centre. This is the second podcast of Toronto Centre's Supervisory Guidance Notes series, or as we call it, TC Notes for short. TC Notes are meant to provide practical guidance to financial sector supervisors on key supervisory challenges. My guest today is Clive Rio, the author of the TC Note titled Operational Resilience, The Next Frontier for Supervisors, which was published last month. Clive has 40 years experience in supervision, regulation, and related financial sector issues, including at the Bank of England and the UK's Financial Services Authority. He is the chair of Toronto Centre's Banking Advisor Board, participates actively in Toronto Centre board meetings and discussions, and edits the Toronto Centre Notes series. Clive, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Well, thanks for that uh, introduction, Demet. It's certainly good to have the opportunity to talk today about operational resilience. I wonder if you could start us off by explaining what the operational resilience is and what the key features are. Operational resilience can probably best be described as an outcome in which the continuity of the key business services provided by a supervised financial institution is preserved and maintained, or if necessary, is restored rapidly and effectively when operational disruptions occur. So to deliver this outcome, financial institutions need to put in place measures not only to reduce the probability of operational failures occurring, but also to respond, recover, and communicate effectively and quickly if and when such failures do occur. And as a result of that, two key features of operational resilience are first, uh, that its focus is not just on preventing operational disruptions from occurring, but also assuming that they might occur and therefore focusing on how quickly a financial institution can recover and restore the key financial services it provides. And that ability to recover quickly is crucial to building trust, not only in that institution, but indeed in the financial sector more widely. And second, uh, another key feature is that operational resilience extends more widely than the concept of operational risk. Let me just explain that. Operational risk is usually defined as the risk of loss to a financial institution arising from inadequate or failed internal processes, people, systems, or as a result of external events. 
operational resilience is a broader concept because it focuses in addition on losses that might fall on users of financial products and services, on financial inclusion, uh, and even on financial stability, not just the losses which may emerge for the financial institution which suffers the operational disruption. Thank you, Clive. Can you please elaborate on the reasons why supervisors should care about operational resilience? Yes, thank you, Demet. I think what's driving this, and it's driving it for supervisors across all sectors, so banking, insurance, pensions, and securities, is that they should care about operational resilience because operational disruptions can threaten the viability of individual financial institutions through financial losses and reputational damage. They can cause harm to consumers, investors, and other market participants through a lack of access to financial products and services. Uh, That lack of access or a lack of confidence or trust in using financial services and products may reduce financial inclusion. And if operational disruptions were sufficiently widespread, that could even cause financial instability. Perhaps I could just give an example here uh, of the sorts of circumstances that I've been talking about. A good example, I think, would be a case where a bank has a major failure in its IT systems, which means that its ATM machines are no longer able to pay out cash or print people's balances or statements or whatever. Uh, So people turning up, particularly out of hours, at one of those ATM machines are no longer able to use those important services. That may also include the paying in of cash as well as withdrawing cash in some cases. Uh, Obviously, that will cause in itself a serious amount of disruption But that disruption will be greater the longer that the failure continues for and the worse the communications that that bank has with its customers. Uh, So if you don't tell people what's going on, if you don't tell people how long the disruption is likely to last, if you don't tell people what alternatives they have for accessing cash or paying in cash, uh, or asking for a balance statement or whatever else they use the ATM machine for. I think you can see that those operational disruptions could begin to cause not just damage to the consumers who are unable to access the ATMs, but also reputational damage to the bank that is no longer providing that core service. So that would be an example of an operational disruption causing a discontinuity to a key business service. And you can also see that if a bank is not good at putting that right and is not good at communicating with its customers about what's happening, uh, that can have quite serious further second round effects. Thanks. Many thanks, Clive. I have a follow up question on that. Can you give us some examples on how some supervisors are beginning to take a more overarching approach to operational resilience? 
Yes, thanks, Debet. Supervisors have focused for many years on individual areas such as operational risk, which of course includes various types of technology risk and cybersecurity, on outsourcing and on business continuity planning. And indeed, the growth in the use of technology and data by financial institutions, and more recently, the COVID-19 pandemic has increased supervisory intensity in many of these individual areas. But this supervisory focus has often been somewhat piecemeal, jumping between areas of risk in response to events, and in some cases imposing different requirements on closely related aspects of how financial institutions undertake their business. Some supervisors have therefore begun to develop more of an overarching framework here to provide a more consistent, proportionate and risk-based approach to the operational resilience of the firms they supervise. And the Toronto Centre note that's just been published that Demet referred to and is available on the Toronto Centre website uh, describes the work of the Basel Committee of Banking Supervisors uh, the UK and US supervisors as examples of this more overarching approach. And the shift here is in essence to a supervisory focus on response and recovery, not just prevention. So an important focus here on responding to incidents, continuous learning, adaptation, focus on the risk of harm to consumers, market participants, financial stability, and financial inclusion, not just the risk of loss to individual financial institutions. A focus on a wide range of potential disruptions, not just for loss of buildings or IT systems, but are typically covered in business continuity planning and disaster recovery plans. And finally, focusing on the end objective of the continuity of the key business services and provider and products that are provided by financial institutions, not just the more initial stages of trying to avoid disruptions to specific systems and processes. Thanks, Clive. I'll come back to risk-based supervision, but before that, I have another question for you. What does an operationally resilient financial institution mean? And how can supervisors integrate assessing operational resilience of a financial institution into their supervisory process? Well, Demet, to maintain the delivery of key business services and products, uh, I find a financial institution needs to have many things. And all of these are issues which supervisors can discuss with the financial institutions they supervise. Uh, so this includes the financial institution having a clear understanding of what its most important business services or products are, uh, having a clear and comprehensive understanding and mapping of the systems and processes that support the business services, including those systems and processes that are outsourced to third party providers or to other providers within 
a financial group. Uh, having knowledge of how the failure of an individual system or process could have an impact on the provision of key business services or products. Uh, knowledge of which systems and processes are capable of being substituted in the event of disruption so that the end business service can continue to be delivered. Uh, having tested plans that would enable the financial institution to continue or resume business services or products when disruptions do occur. Uh, having effective internal communication plans so everyone within the financial institutions knows what steps should be taken and what steps are being taken when operational disruptions occur. And last but by no means least, uh, effective external communication plans for the most important business services and products. So that the financial institutions suffering the operational disruptions can provide timely information for its customers, its investors, for other market participants, and indeed for supervisory authorities themselves. And the Toronto Centre notes that's just been published provides plenty of suggestions for supervisors of open-ended questions that they could ask the firms they supervise uh, in order to probe in all of the areas that I've just been talking about. Thank you so much, Clive. Now, coming back to risk-based provision, could you please briefly explain how and why operational resilience should fit within a risk-based provisory approach? Yes, I think it's possible to see how operational resilience fits very neatly within the four main stages of risk-based supervision. So first of all, supervisors should take a proportional approach based on the impact that business service disruptions in a financial institution would have. And what that means is that they should focus more of their attention on those financial institutions where business service disruptions would have the largest negative impact on consumers, investors, financial inclusion, or financial stability. So at that assessment of impact stage, uh, it is possible to add to that the question of what impact a disruption of business services would have. Uh, second, operational resilience can be thought of as an additional inherent risk in the risk assessment matrix, or perhaps an extension of the risk which is most commonly labelled operational risk, which, as I explained earlier, is a bit narrower than operational resilience. And having included that as an inherent risk, the supervisor can assess how inherently vulnerable each key business service might be to operational disruption. And again, can therefore focus the supervisory efforts in those areas where there's a high or medium high inherent risk relating to operational resilience. Third, under the governance and controls section of risk assessment and the risk matrix, a supervisory authority could again add an additional column to capture the governance and controls that would need to be in place, both to reduce the likelihood of operational disruptions occurring and 
very importantly, uh, the controls and governance that are in place to respond, recover, and communicate effectively if and when such disruptions do occur. And finally, uh, a supervisor should, of course, intervene where the impact and likelihood ratings are high and the control of governance ratings are weak. So, for example, if a financial institution provides one or more business services where the impact of operational disruptions could be large, for example, because the financial institution provides retail payment systems for a large number of customers, or it's a financial market infrastructure which provides large-scale trading, payment, settlement, or custody services, there you would expect there to be a risk-based and proportionate focus on operational resilience. Uh, you would also expect that in cases where business services are prone to operational disruption, particularly where they depend on old IT-based systems and processes. Uh, and finally, a focus of attention under a risk-based approach where a financial institution's governance and controls to prevent operational disruptions or to manage incidents when they do occur are weak. So in all of those cases, you would expect a risk-based supervision approach to drive supervisory interventions in cases where either the inherent risk is high or the governance and controls are inadequate. Excellent. Thanks, Clive. I think this is a good place to conclude the conversation. It has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks again for authoring this important TC note and for being such a strong supporter of Toronto Centre. Uh, thank you very much, Demet. It's been a pleasure. I encourage participants to read the TC note, which can be found in the Resource Centre on our website. I'm here today with Clive Brio, and you have been listening to Toronto Centre's second episode of TC Notes podcast series. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for the next episodes. Mm -hmm.